living the word today. So, every time we open this book, it is a fresh opportunity for God to talk to us. Let's make sure, let's make very sure that we are listening to what he wants to say to us. Livingthewordtoday.com. Look, the message of the Bible does indeed prepare us for eternity, but it also prepares us for the day we are currently living. Welcome to Living the Word Today. We invite you to spend the next few minutes studying God's Word with your Bible teacher, Jesse Wagoner. Pastor Wagoner's desire for you is not only to understand God's truth, but to help you live it today. More resources can be found on our website, livingthewordtoday.com. Now it is time to open your heart and your Bible for your time in the Word. And in this meal, he takes what are part of the elements, he takes a cup, and he takes some bread, and he, he, he institutes something that the church is obligated to do on occasion, regularly. That we go through this, this, this picture painting exercise, is the way I like to look at it, because it paints a picture of what our Lord did for us. And we're going to do that during this service, and if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we would love for you to participate with us. Uh, we would uh, love to have you part of our service together as we, uh, we gather around. But Jesus chose to use something very, very ordinary to teach and to show what he was doing in his sacrifice on the cross. He took something to eat and something to drink. Most of us probably at this time in the day have had something to eat and something to drink. Probably after this service, you're going to find another occasion to, have to find something to eat. This is just, it's, it's just part of life. And by the way, throughout the Bible, we're going to hit a few of those, but I want to look at Isaiah 55 particularly, where that same imagery is used of eating and drinking to take us and to show us why we need to just, not just to be saved, obviously that is true, but we need to come to the cross regularly in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, in our worship, in our activities, in our needs. We need to come to the cross and what Jesus provides for us there. Someone has described the first three verses of Isaiah 55 this way. It says, it says, it's one of the most majestic and gentle invitations to the gospel that appears in the pages of Scripture. And I, I think you'll find that true. It might be a passage you're familiar with, maybe not, but we're going to make it a little more familiar to us this morning. Just to give you the kind of the backstory, uh, this, this prophecy is written earthly by the man, a man named Isaiah, we understand it was inspired by God, who he was inspired to write it, so it's divine or has a divine origin. This takes place about 700 years before the time of Jesus. It takes place in the in the southern kingdom of Judah of that day. And as those who were the descendants of Israel were living there, there was often times where they got to worshiping gods of stone and gods of wood and just sort of turned their back on the God who had led them into this land of promise and had promised to provide for them all that they would need. So he would often send, God would often send a prophet to come and to speak to them and to encourage them to turn from what they were doing and to turn back to God. And Isaiah is a magnificent book. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, just a glorious book. We're going to look at three verses of it, but if you're not familiar with the book, you're going to get a flavor of its grandeur this morning. Actually, beginning about chapter 52, 53, and that's a, that's a passage that many of us are familiar with, chapter 53, because it talks about the suffering servant, which is a picture of Jesus Christ. But it's an extended passage that goes into 54 and into 55 where he's describing my servant. That's how he's described. We from New Testament eyes look at that and we know that refers to the Lord Jesus Christ speaking ahead of time in prophetic form. So this servant is, is offering 
his people in that day a reason to turn back to God because this servant would come. And for us in New Testament times, he reminds us why we need to continue to come to the cross, come back to him, turn away from all the other things that sort of uh, clamor for our attention. And that's what we do this morning as we gather for worship, that we would do that. Psalm 50, or excuse me, Isaiah 55. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. That didn't take me long to read and you to follow along, but I assure you there's a lot packed in there, more packed in than we could even probably dig to the bottom of even this morning, but we're going to look at some of the highlights this morning and just kind of think our way through this. I don't, there's no outline on the screen for those of you looking for the PowerPoint to put fancy things up there, and you can write down notes. Uh, you're on your own this morning. Typically for a communion message, I like to just sort of make it conversational. That's what we're going to do this morning as we look into God's Word. It begins with an interesting word, and uh, the, the version I have has the word ho there. Now, uh, it's a word that's designed to get attention. It's sort of like, hey, you there. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Come and look at this. It's one of those kind of words. Now, Interestingly, I've never figured out, if you're looking at an NIV version, it just drops that word altogether, and I, I don't think that's proper, because there is a word there. I think they kind of jam it into the word come, you know, like, come! Well, you know, okay, that's enough of a startling exclamation, but the writer of Hebrews puts this word in front of it, and basically says, hey, wake up, pay attention, ho, everyone! It gets right to the point, doesn't he? This means you, and you, and you, and you, and them, and us, and everybody. Everyone! A wide-open invitation. Ho, everyone who thirsts. Now you understand he's not talking about just, I need some water, I need some hydration. But thirst is there, that desire, that thirst exemplifies of something we need, something we crave, something we have to have. So whatever it is you think you need, whatever it is you really need, whatever you really have to have as part of your life and reality, he says, where do you want to find it? Come. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. That's a frequent, by the way, reference that you see in the New Testament. The woman at the well in John chapter 4, Jesus says, if you knew who was speaking to you, you'd ask of him, and he would give you rivers of living water, and you'll never thirst again. In John chapter 7, it's that great feast that they were in, and uh, they would bring water from the pool of Shalom and take it up to the, and pour it out as a drink offering in the temple to be this great parade and procession. In the midst of that, Jesus says, I am this living water. He who comes to me will never thirst, and he wants to provide abundance to us. Even in the end of the book of Revelation, there's a reference that says, come and drink freely of this water. And it's as absolutely essential as water is to our existence. And you can only live just a few days without water coming in. As essential that is our existence, Jesus says, I am that essential to you. He says, Holy everyone that thirsts, come to the... Notice it doesn't say water. It's plural. By the way, pay attention to those sort of things when you're studying the Bible. 
It's, it's not just water. It's waters. It's sort of like flood. It's like water everywhere. It's a, it's a gushing stream. And you who have no money, come by and eat. Now, the word, this invitation to come appears four times in the text, okay? The first one here is in verse 1. Come to the waters, you have no money, come and buy and eat. Yes, come and buy wine and milk. So three of them appear in verse 1. We skip down to verse 3. Incline your ear and come to me. Four times inserted into three verses, he says, here's what you can do. Here's what advantage you have. Here's what invitation you have. You can come. You can come and receive. A wide open invitation. There's no one in this room that's exempt. No one in this world is exempt. No one in history is exempt. No one that ever will live is exempt from this invitation. God says, I want you to come to me. I don't know about you, but that should do something in our soul, that we have this invitation to come. I had, got, had an invitation to come to something recently, and I thought, that would really be nice to go to, but I also had something else on my calendar that prevented it. You know? So we, we, we struggle with whether we get an invitation, whether we accept an invitation, whether we're going to give an invitation to someone else. This is wide open, always available, always available, come. And notice how it is framed. There's some motivators of why we should come to God. It says in, in, in verse 1, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. It is free. What he's offering is free to us. Now, if someone invited you out to dinner to some nice place, someone says, why don't you come over to Cracker Barrel and we'll sit by that roaring fire on a cold February day and you can order anything off your menu and I, it, it, it's going to be free to you, right? Uh, by the way, I did not m really make you that invitation for me personally today. I, I, I have some, all, my, my afternoon is already spoken for. But uh, just imagine with me, all right? Now, you know you can go and accept that invitation. You'd be appreciative. And you might say, well, let me buy my meal. No, no, it's free to you. You also know just because it's free to you means someone else had to pay, right? Cracker Barrel ain't giving it away today. Sorry. Don't, don't go up there expecting that. Someone else paid. So when it says free, come, it's only free because someone paid for you. And when we come to the cross, when we come to communion, it is absolutely free. You can come, you can drink, you can find everything you need. You can have life, you can have abundance, you can have joy, you can have my presence. It is free, but only because the price was paid, and that's why we come to this table that's why we come to having some, some, some cup and some bread and we take a little bit of it to remind us that it is paid in full by Jesus Christ himself. And I shared with you a couple weeks ago when we were, when we were thinking about this uh, in, in our study in Hebrews where it looked as if when Jesus was nailed to the cross, right? People were walking by and they were hurling insults and for them it looked like he was finished. And then he says those words. It is finished. Why? Because the price for sin was paid. The price that can give you salvation was paid. The price that brings you into God's family is paid. The price that gives you access to God himself has been paid. And to you, he says, oh, everyone that thirsts, come, come to the waters. You have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why should we come? It is free. And uh, perhaps on this Lord's Day morning, on this February 18th, 24, maybe everyone that's in this room, everybody that's watching, everybody who will listen to this after the fact in recorded form, maybe all of us already know Christ the Savior, and we just need to have a gentle reminder in our hearts and minds to just reconnect with Him, worship Him, talk to Him, 
think about him. However, perhaps there's someone who's getting this message, this passage. God is saying to you, come to me and buy without money. Come to me and receive without cost. God has given you the opportunity to know him, have your sins forgiven, and have the promise of eternal life forever and ever and ever. Why? Because Jesus paid the price. It is finished, paid in full. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the writer of Hebrews writes, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You figure this out, I'm sure. We're all adults in this room. None of us are permanently on this planet. Uh, it's a quick run-through of this life. And the safekeeping of our soul awaits our belief in Jesus Christ. And we receive this gift. How do we receive it? You don't pay for it or it's not a gift. You just receive it through belief, through faith, acceptance. And if you never trust Him as Savior, we'd love to have a conversation with you. If you would think that would be helpful. If not, I just encourage you to stay in the Scriptures and open your heart to Him. But if, you could ha- if you'd like to have a conversation, one of us as pastors... Would love to have a conversation with you. Maybe you have a Christian friend that would love to have the same conversation with you and say, help me understand what it means to have my sins forgiven and have eternal life. Show me in this book that God has written what I need to know. And they'd be glad to help you and we'd be glad to help you if that's you. So not only is it free, he kind of gives a reversal in verse 2. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? You understand bread is a picture of just the the nourishment that we need and what we need to eat. And your wages for that, for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Not only does he say, come to me and it is free, but come to me and receive everything you need. That's that word abundance you see right there in the text in front of you in in the verse 2. In abundance. All that you need. You need to delight yourself in it. Find your joy in this. Find your hope in this. Find your satisfaction in this. But he sets up the opposite at the beginning of the verse. It's a contrast. Why are you spending money for that which is not bread and for that which doesn't satisfy? I don't have to convince you that this is true. You don't have to think far in your life where you spent some money on something that was a total waste of time, money, and energy, right? We've all thought this is the best deal ever and... No, not there. Not there. I heard someone tell this joke recently. He said, said, I bought a book on, the, on how not to be scammed. It's been six months, but I hope the book still shows up. You know, we've all had that empty feeling, right? We all had a feel where it just sort of doesn't work anymore. But it's true in life. We devote ourselves to some pursuit, making ourselves feel good, enjoyment, entertainment, throwing off the restraints of life, saying I can do anything I want to do, getting ahead, whatever it is. And we find out ultimately it comes down to empty. It comes down to empty. Don't be in the last mile of your life and realize that all those miles behind you were absolutely pointless and absolutely worthless. Because without Christ, they will be. That doesn't mean you can't have some fun. That doesn't mean you have to do some things, accomplish some things, be notable, whatever it is. But when it comes right down to it, what does that matter? Jesus said it this way. What profits a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Enough said, right? So he tells us, don't seek for that which is not going to provide all that you need. But come to me and understand that what I provide is that abundance. Look at verse 2 again. I want to read the whole verse again. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? 
Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Here's what he said. Hey, everybody. Come and find your thirst satisfied and your hunger satisfied by coming to me. It will cost you nothing and it will lead to abundance. End of story. So believer, follower of Christ, disciple, whatever term you want to use, Christ follower, we need to make sure that the compass of our lives always has that needle that points back to the cross. It always points back to Christ. Not to be caught up in the stuff of this world, not caught up in the things of this world, not be living for the things of this world and trying to do all this in our own efforts, but he says simply, you come and you have your thirst quenched and your hunger satisfied and have your abundance in me and me alone. Period. End of story. Well, how do we, how do we make sure we stay there? Or how do we make sure we get there if you're not a, if you're not a believer in Christ? Well, I want you to look at this text. There's, there's something that repeats three times in the text. The first time we see it is in verse 2. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. You, you, you feast on the good stuff and you listen to it. Later in this chapter, I don't have time to do the whole chapter this morning, but he talks about that, that when God's word goes out, it accomplishes what God intends it to accomplish, and it will. It is living. It is powerful. If you put, feed your mind on this good stuff and listen to it, abundance is going to come flowing. We are people of the word. We're people that believe the Bible. And we, are we people that really spend time, quality time, consistent time in it? Now, I know some of you feel like, well, I'm here in the middle of the weekend, right? Or maybe getting toward the end of the weekend. And that's, that's I don't want to say it's not accurate. I'm going to give you a different term, though. Today is Sunday. This is not the end of a week. This is the beginning of a new opportunity to connect with Jesus Christ and walk with Him. That's why it's important for us as believers, like you have, to gather, to gather, and to listen, and to learn, and to study, and to worship, because we need to have that refocus, and we need to listen. Listen is just simply seeing and hearing what God says. Secondly, if you go down to verse 3, he says, incline your ear and come to me. Sometimes that happens when you're trying to hear something, and the, the sound is low, you try to, you know, you bend, and you try to Tilt your head so you can have a better angle on the sound waves coming at you. And it's sort of just bending over and listening. It means trying to decide and decipher not only what God says, but what that word means. To understand it. That's why we spend time studying God's word. That's why we do what we do. That's why we want you to get in a small group. That's why we want you to be involved in our activities where we teach the Bible. That's why we have tools that we give you to help you to have a devotional life. And you can be in God's word and studying on your own with a spouse or with your family or with your children, whatever. And you can have that same experience. Incline your ear. What does it mean? And then thirdly, it appears again. Climb your ear and come to me. Hear, and your soul shall live. Catch that? Soul shall live. Your soul will continue to live, eternal life. So the salvation that he's bringing out here is introduced to us as we listen, we hear what God says, 
as we incline our ear, as we try to understand what it means. And this hearing here to the point of, of faith, if you want to say it that way, the saving your souls means I ask myself the question, where does this fit in my life? What do I do with it? And that's our task when we study God's Word. We hear what He wants to say. We try to understand what He's saying. And then we try to say that fits in my life. And we try to live it out. May God give us the good sense and the tenacity and the strength and the endurance and the commitment that we will be people who listen, incline, and hear his word. As we do, we will come to the waters. As we do, we will feast on the bread he provides for us. As we do, we will have this abundant life in Jesus Christ. Not a perfect life, none of us have arrived, but we will be moving in that direction, feasting on more of our abundance, turning our back on more of this world, and living more for Him. What a great opportunity it is for us that we indeed may come to Him, that indeed we may come to Him at any time. And right now we're going to come to Him around the table. Let me just tell you how this is, how this is going to work. We have a couple of our deacons who are going to help serve. We're going to pass you a little package. In the very bottom, in the narrow part, if you take that tab off, there's a little piece of bread. In the top, you can peel that off. There's some uh, juice there. And uh, we're going to partake of the bread. Hold it in your hand. We'll all take, eat it at the same time and the cup the same way. But here's what God wants us to do. He wants us to listen. He wants us to incline our ears. And He wants us to remember. And it's a very narrow focus, by the way, a very narrow focus on what he wants us to hear and what he wants us to understand. And that is what we read in the scriptures where, God, where Paul says this about what God wants us to do. He says, by doing this, you show forth the Lord's death until he comes. Some of us have a picture up in our house of someone that we love and we want to remember them or we want to think of them. This is God's picture on the wall. This is, this, is God's, this is God's picture on the refrigerator saying, I want you to remember me. Think of me. I'm your Savior. Thank you, Lord. Come back to me. Ho, everyone that is thirsty. Come to the waters and drink. Because he died on the cross. His body was broken. It was pierced. Leading to his ultimate death to pay sin's price. His blood was shed. And that's what's pictured by the, the juice as well. And then we consume it. We partake of it. We make it ours. We come just as this bread is, that he's talking about here in Isaiah 55 is eaten, it's consumed. It becomes part of us. Come to the cross, you who are thirsty. Come to Christ, you who are hungry. Come to this servant of God because indeed he wants to give you abundance. Thank you for joining us for Living the Word today. We appreciate your sharing in this study of the scriptures. Also, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you will not miss a single episode. And thanks, too, for your prayers and for letting others know of this ministry as we seek to be living the Word today. We would love to have your feedback and to hear from you. And the best way to contact us is through our website, livingthewordtoday.com. Until next time, may His blessing be yours.